it's deep in the streets when you're living for real. It's deep in the streets when you don't take pot of blunts, crack, or pills to run from your problems or how you feel. So when you come to the slums, just keep it real. See, it's deep here. Many nights, gunshots. We barely get sleep here. Eat here if you're lucky. Peep here. Come in close because the story get deep, you hear? Many ghetto bastards been scared straight just in order to succeed here. But that's where the problem comes in. Think about it. A fatherless child with a gun, no food and pain? That you really won't care. See, we was taught that experience was a great teacher who never taught a good lesson here. And oh yeah, the elders tell us if we keep going the way we're going, death gonna meet us around the corner. So why call Erica Badu so she can call Tyrone so he can go check up on it? But he came back and of death, we stopped being scared. And look here, if you don't know my life, then please, please don't look here. And if you're hard of hearing, I swear you'd be scared. I even think God is scared because he don't even come around here. God is every what, when, and where. Oh, yeah. But the next time he visits you, tell him I live 1937 West Holland Street. Me and my family got problems around here. Young brother smoking blunts, hiding from reality here. In the village, not raising a child, so babies are running wild here. And oh, yeah. Jesus asked your pop who's campaigning to be the next prophet this year. See, here in the slums, the Bible don't help us to eat, so we hit the streets literally, and oh yeah, oh yeah. I did a survey and it said, everybody read the Bible or the Quran out of fear, not love God, but fear. I'm not saying that troubled sons and daughters don't care, but it's deep in the streets where you're living for real here. See, I love where I'm from, which is the slums, but at times, even I'm scared. Scene 2, Troubled Son's Home. For me, home is a block with vacant lots with drug pushers as well as drug users, with newsy old women with drunk husbands that sit on the corner singing old tunes, and every kid's head is blown up like a hot air balloon, thinking of becoming a famous basketball player. For me, home is where one group's make fun of another group's parents, and the older guys we don't know teach us right from wrong and not to disrespect our parents. For me, home is where your peers are responsible for 50% of your doing and the hard life we live is responsible for 50% of our knowing. For me, home is where you can go across the street and ask Miss so-and-so for some butter or Mr. So-and-so for some bread or down the same block to borrow your friend's so-and-so shirt. For me, home is where people end up in the dirt and where the grapevine works very fine. For me, home is a house where only one eye on a stove works, cracks in the walls and leaks in the bathroom stalls. For me, home is a house with mattresses and no box springs, where the telephone works but doesn't ring, where everybody on the block knows your first and last name. For me, home is a house where roaches and mice run freely where you can sit in the living room without diapers watching TV. For me, home is a place where there's only a mother and most responsibilities are left up to a big brother or a sister 
where you see a man walk past you in the street with the same name as yours, but to him you call Mr. For me, home is where brothers and sisters end up on TV or on a front page without being a star and their relatives not knowing where they are. For me, home is the ghetto. See, I know my house isn't the only house on the block with cracks in the walls and leaks in the bathroom stalls. It seemed to be a common living situation for a lot of my partners and I. See, my house was like the mecca on the block, though, even with the physical dysfunctions. And it's interesting because it's like there's always two families that are more popular in the community than the rest. The first family is the family that's considered to have nothing or the bare minimum. And the second family is the family who has it all or close to it. I mean, like all the food, uh, all the sneakers, all, all the clothes and all the love. It's like they always have everything. You ain't got jack. And I guess you already know the first family was my family. And the interesting thing is that these two families always seem like they're connected for whatever reason, pity or whatever it is. Anyway. If you know anyone who living like this, close to it, please don't tease them about their misfortune because that can be the very thing that sparked the darker part of them and bring out a side of that child that the world in retrospect isn't or wouldn't be ready for. So just keep that in mind as you go forward. Now, as, as we was in a mental hospital, and like I said, man, it, the term crazy, it meant something else to me. It meant different, right? Because you saw individuals who were slobbering, naked, jumping on beds. I mean, it was the whole nine. But they were with a group of people who were doing the same thing they were doing. And like, like me, it was a ward that I was on that they were told they was emotionally unstable, just like I was. We were communicating with each other. We just didn't make sense to the rest of the world. And so while I was in that mental hospital, the doctors would wake us up every morning for breakfast. But before then, we would have to wash up and they'll put us in these gowns, these long, these, these blue and white, like hospital gowns. So I had one to the front, one to the back, you know, so that we wouldn't be exposed. And then they, before breakfast, like before the food, we would have to walk in a line, this long line, up to this small window where there were cups. And in these cups were our drugs or what they would consider our medicine. And it's interesting because I never took my cup. I would never grab a cup. I didn't need the drugs. I, I was well I was well aware of that fact. I needed love. And they wasn't serving that by the cups. And I think they knew if they were serving loves by the cup full, they would eventually be out of work. So they 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 uh, you know, they they chose the druggers, not lovers. Yes, they did. We were just children. So when I didn't take the meds, then 
the white coats would start to gather each other and they would bring me to this this, this white room long white this it was like this long uh reddish brownish table with six chairs around it matching chairs for the table and um on the walls would be pictures of just I mean beautiful paintings but of nothing if you will and that's what it seemed like to me anyway and they will always try to come up with why I needed to take the medicine or the drugs and how it would make me feel so much better only if I took the cup of meds and I had to be guided because I don't remember taking I didn't take the cup I didn't I didn't do it I would cry my little eyes out but I didn't take it I knew what I needed I needed love I wanted my family not medicine and I didn't trust him period I didn't trust him with my thoughts I didn't trust him with my experiences I didn't trust him with my heart so I didn't tell him but tonight I trust you and I'm going to share something with you that I didn't share with the white coach my thoughts so just hear me out don't nobody love me don't nobody care I was told I wouldn't be alone and in the dark but still I'm the only one here see love should be a bird touring the universe the way it get up and goes and family should be time for they tell you they love you within seconds and minute later just before you about to fall they disappear so forget it all creator i'm scared can you tell me why is it that don't nobody care i was born into this life i didn't ask to be here so where is my family where is that place called home or do they even exist in this lifetime see i'm sick of tired of feeling this way so forget it forget family and its meaning it has no place for me leave me alone y'all got all leave me be because my dad he left before i knew what that was and mom yeah right now she's being held up at gunpoint by drugs and right now i mean right now i'm losing my little brother to these wicked streets of brotherly hate he don't even understand that this system is letting him make enough money just so he can purchase him a room behind a big wall of gates and my other siblings are coming up to me crying and this i have to bear can somebody please tell me why is it that it seems as if no one cares i would pray but create i'm too scared i'm just too scared see my life is like playing hangman and i just went out of letters So I guess I'm just a man hanging on to faith, waiting on a family to fill in me this empty space. See, at birth, hated for my gender and race. In this world, for me, there's no place. These are my sentiments for real. And I hope death speed up and put an end to all of this because my heart is very ill. I know I'm just a kid, but fuck it. This is the way I feel. 
this is what the white coats wanted me to say. But I knew if I was to really tell them how I felt and what was going on on the inside of me, that I'd have been on a different program. One that would have been more forceful and more painful to me. So I kept it to myself. I didn't trust the white coats like I told you before. So I just kept writing. See, I've been on a run ever since I've been born. That's why now I appear to be in many storms. Rain and thunder, life of hunger. 17 years trying so hard to conquer my fears and get over my past. It's starting to rain and only I can feel the pain that rains upon me is real. It feels like copper, rocks and steel. Oh, Father, how I wish this wasn't real. Where would I end up because of my past? Is it a sign saying, trouble, son, you might not last? Or, Father, don't take me now because I don't know where I'll go. Father, can you tell me because only you know? See, I'm a blind man looking for a way out. I'm a deaf man listening for directions. And I'm a legless man running for help. Will his past grow or will a storm stay? I'm sincerely asking for you to forgive me, Father, because I don't want to learn the hard way. I don't want to learn the hard way. And it was painful. It was painful. Not feeling love, not to feel love, not being loved, or not being loved by the people you wanted to be loved by. Right? And so coming through this it was a teacher at Ben Franklin High School by the name of Dana King if you out there and you listening to this I want to let you know I love you and I thank you for saving my life and she introduced me to a man Ruben Mills and I want to thank you for helping me out and helping to save my life as well These are the true champions and the reasons why I'm still here. You won't go unnoticed. Until next sun. Until next life. Peace.